0: Welcome back for this week's episode of Lymphedema Podcast. Recently, I had the honor of setting up a booth in the Survivor's Tent at our local race for the Cure in town. While I do not love the pink ribbon campaign, I did love meeting each person who stopped to talk to me. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter how many likes or subscribers I get to the podcast. The only thing that will matter are the people, and every person has their own unique experience, and I just really love that I get to play a small role in their unique experience. Cancer is not fun. Lymphedema is not fun, but I have fun educating people about the correlation between cancer treatment and their lymphedema. And as I've mentioned before, it's an honor to meet every one of my patients and to help them start their lymphedema journey. Today, I want to introduce you all to a friend and previous patient of mine, Tina, Tina has quite the medical history, but I won't tell too much of it at the moment. She did have a bilateral mastectomy in 2017, and I began seeing her in 2019 for lymphedema treatment. Hi, Tina. Welcome to the show. Hey, Betty. Thanks so much for having me. I didn't want to share too much of your medical history up at the top because I want you to share whatever you're comfortable with. So, can you give us a little background on what led you to being diagnosed with breast cancer?
1: Yes. Um, I am very familiar with cancer. I had cancer in 2013. There were two of them a bone and a blood cancer. Um, in 2013, yeah, in 2013, I was in remission. I'm in remission now, thank God. Then the third cancer was breast cancer, and I had it in a mastectomy in 2017. So, I was like, shock to have it again.
0: And do you when do you remember first having um, symptoms of lymphedema in your arm? I didn't really know that I was having symptoms,
1: and the reason why is after I had the mastectomy underneath my arms, I am still numb as as of today. Um, I ended up showing my husband because I was like, "Have I gained weight? You know, I can't. My shirts won't fit. What is going on?" And he was like, "Your arms are swollen." And so that was when the first clue was to go to the doctor and find out what was going on. And she told me that I had lymphedema.
0: I remember too, um, if you don't mind hitting on this, you had Um, swelling in your chest as well, right? So it wasn't just in your arms?
1: Right, yes. It was in my chest too. Um, It went across the chest. It was like it went, to me, it felt like it went from under my arms all the way across my chest, is how the swelling started.
0: Do you remember your doctor ever talking to you about lymphedema before you were having symptoms? No, actually,
1: when I went in for surgery, she did touch up, like, on the lymphedema, just touched it. She did not explain it. She touched it. And so that made me say, okay, but, you know, just, you're going through a mastectomy and you don't really think about the other stuff that's going on with it that could happen after. So it was like, I just... You know, I was in the moment is what I will say. And no, she should have educated me more on it. And I really wish that after surgery, they would have fitted me in compressions so that it didn't get so bad.
0: Yeah. And so whenever she was able to tell you it was lymphedema, did she have any more information for you then on it? Or did she just say, hey, this is what you have. This is where you need to go.
1: All she told me was, this is what I had and I need to find a lymphedema therapist. That's pretty much all that I was given at that time, you know, from her. And that just, it aggravates me because I wish doctors were more informative about the lymphedema and what we need to do as patients.
0: Yeah, I I could not agree more with that. And, you know, from experience with working with me that I really try to promote education early on and getting people in compression, um, even maybe even fitted for compression before you have surgery, so that you don't have to backtrack and you don't have to um, start having signs of swelling before you get into compression. I
1: wish I would have known, Betty, because I would have came to y'all before I even had surgery. You know, to just get a jump on it, you know, so I would know.
0: Right. It's pretty unfair.
1: Yes, it is. Yes.
0: But since you've gone to PT, have you noticed a difference in your lymphedema symptoms? Oh, yes.
1: Tremendously. Uh, you and Lisa had showed me so many things that I could do. Um, I wear the compressions when I get up and then I use my pump. I can use it once for me only once a day or twice a day. And I've, I've been able to do it like once a day and that's all I have to do, but I can manage the swelling now, you know, before I, before I came to you, I did not know how to do that. Yeah now i've got all the the stuff that y'all showed me how to do and 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 it's worked
0: quick question since the weather has changed and it's gotten cooler here where we're where we live have you noticed that your swelling's gone down any
1: yes i have noticed that is it is it i noticed in the heat that it it gets i expand more Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then with the the cooler weather it's not as bad yes yep i've noticed that
0: It's quite a bit more manageable in the colder months than whenever it's hot. And we're in Texas. You're in Arkansas. So it's hot here and humid. So that humidity and that heat really causes our bodies to swell. And when you have Mm -hmm. a compromised lymphatic system, you really get a lot of backup from it. But I usually have patients who come in and they'll say, I haven't felt this good in years. And it's, you know, a day or two after a cold snap. I mean, years is yes. an exaggeration, months since the yeah. summer.
1: I am so welcoming the cold now. I <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, me when too. When it
0: comes to the lymphedema management, what would you recommend to anyone who may be newly diagnosed with breast cancer or even in the middle of their treatment of breast cancer?
1: I would say if you're new, like, in the breast cancer You need to talk to a lymphedema therapist before having surgery of any type or anything like that. You do need to consult with them. And I think that, I mean, I just really wish there was some kind of informative thing that the doctors could do to where all of us can be informed of what we're supposed to do you know, and going to a lymphedema therapist, they can tell you the ins and outs. And if you're going to be, you know, acceptable of getting it, or I just think there needs to be more information for anybody that has breast cancer.
0: Obviously, I agree with you. I toot that horn a lot. I want to teach everyone (laughs) I can about it. So yeah, right. Education is key. And The more doctors that are upfront with what the side effects of cancer treatment and
1: Lymphedema and lipedema are chronic conditions that could make you feel scared and alone. The good news is you are not alone. In fact, you are part of an ever-growing community of people living their lives to the fullest. Jopst developed a free program called Lymph Care to educate, support, and connect you with the rest of the community. On LymphCareUSA.com, you can access things like informational blogs, listen to patient stories, and webinars by healthcare professionals. You can also find out about local and national events, exchange ideas with healthcare professionals, professionals And patients, as well as track your condition. So, what are you waiting for? Go to lymphcareusa.com now to become part of the fastest-growing lymphedema and lymphedema community.
0: Yes, and this is this is a conversation that we've had in the medical field and the lymphedema world with other lymphedema therapists. Is that cancer treatment is a good thing, but nobody wants to be the one that says, "Hey, I cured your cancer." But I gave you this other really awful thing that I don't know too much about. So, sorry. Um, I wish that they would come out and say that earlier. I wish they were open about that. Um, But until more patients are asking their doctors and holding them accountable, I don't know that we'll get that education up front like we need for our patients.
1: True. And I agree. You know, just like I I told you, I had a procedure done and... You know, I said then they could not touch my arms or my hands or anything, and the nurse asked me which one was worse than the other, and I was like, neither one of them you can put anything in. So, they ended up putting it in my foot, but they do not want to do, they want to do the regular stuff. They don't want to do the foot, the leg, or whatever, but you make them do it. Right. Because I feel like it's my body, and I'm not going to let you do it. Right. How I feel now.
0: No, good for you, because there's a lot of, I've had other patients who say that, you know, their their nurse was like, oh, that's a myth. That's not true. Or you already have lymphedema. You can't, it can't get worse, but you can get an infection. And I understand it's sterile. Right. And you just never know what could happen. So why would you put yourself at more risk? Because it's harder exactly. on them to, you know, well, do a right. blood pressure exactly. or a stick somewhere else.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It's just like, I don't think it's just one doctor. It is numerous nurses, doctors. I don't think they understand the severity of it. I really don't. Because for a nurse to tell me that just floored me. I mean, I couldn't believe it, really. So I think they all need education. I'm not downing nurses or doctors or anything like that. I'm just saying that they need more education and more info on lymphedema for for all of us that have it.
0: Right. And I would say like, even myself as a PTA, when I was going through my program, we did a section on wound care. And I think that was the only time we talked about lymphedema was when it's related to wound care. And wow. I just happened to remember, I think one of our teachers was a certified lymphedema therapist. I think that's why we spent a little bit more time on it. Right. And as a student, I remember, so I, my husband's a play-by-play broadcaster and I used to tag along with him to like games and stuff. And I remember we were at one particular school and my husband's getting ready to go on the air and I'm tugging on his shirt sleeve. I'm like, Michael, that guy over there has lymphedema. Michael, Michael. And he's like, (laughs) what do you, what do you want me to do? And how do you know that? And What is that? So I know that in my experience, I didn't get the real education, I could probably point it out in a crowd. And in this particular case, it was pretty significant. Right. I wouldn't have ever been able to tell you, you know, blood pressures, um, needle sticks, heat. I mean, I would have never known those things were anything to be worried about when you have lymphedema. So in general, I think our medical community, uh, the boards, they need to hold those different schools accountable for including that in education.
1: Yes. And I agree because, I mean, is, this isn't new, is it Betty? The
0: it's really, the- it's really not. Um, in America, I think they've most recently um, since like the sixties, they've been doing yeah. treatment. Um, and I know like the sixties, it kind of came back over. Um, a doctor in Germany is the one who kind of created and founded the protocols And then around the 60s, it came over to the U.S. And around the 90s, they had a big rise in popularity where more people were becoming certified. And now steadily, it's becoming more and more common. More people are talking about it. Um, Mastectomies and other cancer treatments have changed as far as like radical and removing a lot of lymph nodes or a lot of muscles. So it isn't new, but compared to... A lot of other okay. medical treatments, it's fairly mm-hmm. new.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like you. I just think that they need more education on it, more info, you know, for people, for everyone, really. But especially the ones that are getting lymph nodes removed from their arms and stuff. I believe that that, we need information, you know.
0: Yep. Tina, thank you so much for being on with me today. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share with us?
1: The only thing that I want to say is that if um, I know if you, they've been di- diagnosed with lymphedema, cancer, any of them, that it's it's a hard road to go. And I know that it's emotional. You can scream, you can cry, whatever you need to do, but you're going to get through it. You know, I my faith is strong. God has got me through what I've went through. But what I'm saying is just do what the lymphedema therapists tell you to do, and you will get through it. And that's it, girl.
0: (laughs) Mother Teresa says, Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Tina's story. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website com to submit a topic for another episode.